a production of WordSouth, a content marketing company. Story Connect, the podcast, helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers. What legislative issues has the TMEPA talked about this year? What does the future hold for legislative issues affecting municipal utilities? Hello, and thank you for joining us today for another episode of Story Connect, the podcast. My name is Jared Dovers, and I am your host for today. We are continuing our broadcast from the 50th anniversary TMEPA conference here in Nashville, Tennessee. Today, I am joined by Mr. Jer- Jeremy Elrod, Director of Government Relations for the TMEPA. Uh, Jeremy, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Jared. How are you? Doing fine. We just uh, we just heard your session, a legislative update. Um, if you could, just give us a recap of what the TMEPA has been up to this year and kind of what the what the role of the TMEPA is here for helping uh, these municipal utilities get their voice heard uh, in Nashville. Sure. Uh, Team EPA uh, represents, uh, we have 59 member systems, and uh, we are the, uh, their legislative uh, lobbying uh, folks down in Legislative Plaza at the state capitol. Uh, we handle any kind of issue that could affect uh, municipal electric systems. Um, and so that could range a gambit of, of several different issues, but uh, one of the biggest issues this year uh, dealt with broadband and internet service. Uh, currently, uh, there's in state law authority for municipal utilities, electric utilities, to offer internet service where they offer electric service. Um, and there have been, there are about 10 uh, systems that are different stages of offering service. And uh, at least six of those are offering gig service, which is uh, some of the fastest you can get uh, uh, available to you. And they're real leaders in the state and in the nation in offering internet service. So uh, as you know, following the public power model as municipal utilities, they're wanting to better their communities. Uh, and to do that, they want to offer broadband service to more folks. And that's it but they want to offer it outside of their electric footprint. They've been successful inside. And so for the past several years, so we've been trying to get that passed uh, to allow them to do that. But the uh, standing in the way are the incumbent providers, uh, AT&T's, Comcast charters, and that kind of thing, uh, trying to block that uh, for a variety of reasons. So uh, that's something that we're uh, probably the biggest issue that's uh, facing uh, Team EPA. And there are several others. Uh, uh, you know how uh, how many folks are on a utility board to uh, how a city could sell their electric system to to how to handle uh, uh, energy efficiency cogeneration like solar panels and that kind of thing so uh, we have to stay uh, pretty active uh, down at the le- down at the legislature particularly where as public entities we uh, we don't have a PAC money or anything like that so we uh, really have to stay engaged with legislators absolutely um, what when we're talking about about broadband and we're talking about being able to access it, uh, we just heard uh, from Mr. Mr. Boyd um, that there was a big study that's coming out. Uh, how do you guys and do you have uh, any estimates on how that will impact this legislative um, effort or anything like that? How this because we seem to have a big buzz about this new study that's coming out. Absolutely, and AC, the, AC, the Department of Economic Community Development uh, Commissioner Boyd talked about how uh, when he came on uh, as commissioner. He did a listening tour around the state, and one of the biggest things he heard about from everyone across the state was the availability and speed of broadband. So they undertook a study uh, earlier this year, and it's to be released. Uh, we were hoping this week for our meeting, but it's going to be next week. 
um, from their study, and it was an, uh, an internet survey, which is, uh, an, you know, it's always interesting to find out what your internet service is like through an internet survey. But, but they, uh, they got a lot more responses. They got five times more responses than they were expecting. So uh, they, they think they got a lot of penetration, and uh, they, they had the study to, as an economic development tool to find out what the problem is so they can, they can address it. And there are, I think, going to be a lot of um, statistics and stats about uh, adoption, penetration of broadband uh, throughout the state. And then that will also be used. There's another uh, part of the state called TASR. It's a, kind of a research uh, intergovernment development or intergovernment uh, uh, research uh, wing, I guess, of uh, state government. And they're also putting together a study on broadband. And both of those are going to be used by legislators, we hope, and possibly even the administration to uh, put together, finally, hopefully, uh, some kind of comprehensive broadband package that or a bill that will address it and try to get uh, broadband to more folks, particularly in rural areas where it's needed most. Sure. And how long has the bill that uh, you guys have drafted, how long has that been introduced and been waiting? And the original bill that allowed, or legislation that allowed uh, municipal electric utilities to offer broadband was passed in 1999, uh, and it was shortly thereafter a few utilities wanted to go outside their footprint. Um, there's uh, uh, some of our systems have formed a group, and they've been working on it several years. As Team EPA, uh, this is, was our second um, session pushing this legislation. Uh, we'll, we'll be involved with it and pushing uh, legislation again next year. But I would say it's probably since 1999 um, it's been it's been going on because as uh, utilities, we our managers and our systems go where the need is. You know, you're not going to build an electric line or a water line, you know, according to what state law tells you to do, you're going to go where the customers are, where the community needs you. Um, so there, I've, I've, it's probably been around since 1999, but as an organization, um, next year will be our third year doing it. Okay. How many member systems do you have right now that offer broadband services? Um, there's about 10 different stages. Um, there are some like uh, uh, Chattanooga has gotten the most national publicity. Uh, there's also, let's see, uh, Jackson, uh, Clarksville, Tullahoma, Pulaski, uh, Bristol, um, and several others that are in varying stages. Columbia also as well. There's even a small, Columbia is a smaller town. Pulaski is a smaller town. Even Irwin, Tennessee is starting to roll out. Um, there are different uh, uh, utilities. Uh, Johnson City has had some, had some tests with even wireless uh, connectivity. And then there are some other utilities that are wanting to get involved in it. And uh, one as utilities, we're trying. Our members are trying to find some innovative solutions of partnering with other systems, partnering with private uh, or, uh, companies or, or organizations to try to, to, you know, every every community is different. So that's why we want to try to change state law to allow those local communities and local towns and counties to find uh, find whatever fits best for them. Because there's not a one size fits all solution to everywhere. Uh, but it really should be up to the local uh, folks, local delegations, local city councils, county commissions, utility boards to figure out what works best for them. Sure. Great. Thank you. Um, another thing we, we talked about briefly uh, in your session uh, was pole attachments. And I've been hearing pole attachments, uh, I think, for the last few years. Could you break down kind of what, what, what are pole attachments it's for the people who may not know and need to be able to communicate about this? What, what is the issue exactly, and what is the legislation going on about it? Sure. I, I worked at the legislature for uh, about 12 years before I, I started working at Team EPA, and this is my third year. And while I'd heard of pole attachments while I was working at the legislature, I didn't realize how big of an issue it was. Um, so I, you know, I 
tell folks, you know, look at a look at an electric pole at the top. You have the electric lines, and those aren't ever going to be touched by anybody. But below that are uh, communication lines for your AT&T's, Comcast, telephone, cable, internet, and the pretty much, in most parts of the state, the electric utility owns that pole. And then anybody that wants to attach to it, like Comcast, AT&T, or Charter, um, it's usually the communication companies have to pay a, a pole attachment fee, a yearly fee. To, the, to that electric system, whether it be a municipal or co-op, um, to uh, attach to that. And as private companies, uh, the incumbent telecom providers tried to reduce their costs wherever they can. So for many, many years, they've uh, attempted to get legislation passed that would somehow restrict or uh, basically have the state take over how pole attachments rates, what, the, what, for instance, a Comcast would have to pay to say an NES here in Nashville, how much Comcast would have to pay to NES. Um, but there's always been um, the issue that uh, NES is a non, uh, is not for profit, it's a local utility, it's a municipal utility, and it costs money to have a higher pole to have uh, a Comcast or an AT&T attached to it. So there should be fees attached to that, and um, NES needs to recover those costs of what it costs for a Comcast or a Charter or an AT&T to attach to that pole, and they have to recover that full cost. Otherwise, they have their electric rate payers subsidizing Internet service. So, so there have been uh, legislation dealing with that for many, many years, but uh, in the past several years there have been attorney general opinions, uh, public service ca- uh, commission cases in other states that have uh, tried to deal with this, but... Uh, and TVA has gotten involved, and the long and short of it is, is TVA, even they were regulating this somewhat beforehand, but even more, they've really asserted their authority. The TVA board has passed some regulations earlier this year that basically absolutely requires and puts in some formulas where uh, local utilities have to recover those costs from attachers and takes it takes any kind of uh, regulation of that absolutely out of the state's hands and keeps it in TVA's hands where it should be since they are the the federal regulator for all of uh, the local power distributors, municipal and cooperative uh, in Tennessee. Excellent. Thank you for that summary. Um, A lot of of people who listen to this podcast and kind of the market for this is that, uh, or is uh, communicators at utility companies, people who are doing the internal communications as well as external communications. Uh, it's, it's election season. Uh, we just heard that on Friday early voting is going to start and that um, people in their utilities need to be encouraging their employees uh, to get out and vote. People in utilities need to be maybe encouraging their, um, their customers and their rate payers to be able to get out and vote. What do you view or, or what do you tell people as far as what their role is in communicating these issues and helping their employees get involved with these issues, um, do you do you help people? Um, I guess know to go to go vote or to lobby or to make a phone call or to do that sort of thing. Is that something that TMEPA helps cover? Yes, um, because I try to tell folks that um, you know national politics. While that gets a lot of the headlines, it's really local. Um, you know, city county politics and state politics that affect everybody's day to day life much much more than national politics. Um, you know, on the state level, it's, uh, you know, your broadband service, education policy, uh, in a lot of different areas in local uh, government, it's planning where a road's going to go, what are the schools going to look like. And not only does that affect your life the most, but that's where you can be most effective when you want to have your voice heard. You know, if you try to email your congressman or your senator or the president, you may be one of hundreds or thousands of folks contacting those people from all across 
your area and your and from the country. But if you know your legislator, have talked to them a few times, they're probably going to remember you. If you email your legislator, your local councilman or county commissioner, if you call them up or if you see them at Walmart or Target or at church or at Rotary or some kind of civic club, they're going to remember that. And when it comes time for you to contact them about an issue that's important to you, they're going to listen to that those folks. It could take, uh, I mean, as I said inside, it could take 50 lobbyists coming into a legislator's office. But if uh, just a few folks in back home contact a legislator, um, they know that if a few folks are contacting, there are more people behind those uh, that feel just as passionate about it but don't have the time or availability to contact their legislators. So they're going to know that folks back home are paying attention to it. It's important to them. And they're going to listen to their local folks a lot of times. So it's it's vitally important to, to not only vote, early voting uh, for uh, state primaries and, lo- and national primaries uh, start Friday and, and local school board elections are on the ballot in a lot of places starting tomorrow or Friday. Um, but, you know, after you vote, keep in contact with your legislators because they, they really do listen to their, you know, the, the closer that you are to your, the, the level of government that it is to you, the more they're going to listen to you. Jeremy, uh, I hear our tones that we're supposed to head back in, I think. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you, thank you for uh, having taking the time to talk with us. Uh, we will be here for the remainder of the conference, bringing you interviews and insights from TMEPA. Uh, to subscribe to this podcast, visit iTunes or Stitcher. To view more information on Story Connect, including uh, registration for our upcoming conference, please visit us at www.storyconnect.com. This has been Story Connect, the podcast, and today we've been with Mr. Jeremy Elrod. Thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Jared Dovers, and until we talk again, please keep telling your story. You've been listening to Story Connect, the podcast, a production of Word South, a content marketing company.